Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the August edition of my One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program series that I'm running throughout 2017. This month will be One Month to More Effective Continuous Improvement. My sponsor this month is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 500 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, I would urge you to visit visit Affiliated Monitors at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. As I indicated, this month we're going to look at one month to more effective continuous improvement. We're going to consider auditing and monitoring, the different types of auditing that you can do from third-party auditing, supply chain, data risk auditing, auditing, culture auditing, auditing against fraud. We're going to talk about control testing. We're going to look at continuous improvement through the use of big data. We're going to look at measuring effectiveness, risk-based monitoring, email sweeps as monitoring, and listening as continuous monitoring. I think you're going to find it a fascinating month. And I'm sure at the end of the month, you will have picked up multiple lessons on what you can do to improve your compliance program around continuous improvement. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this episode, and I hope you'll join me for the entire month. This 2017 One Month to a Better Compliance Program podcast series is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 22, Conclusion. I hope you've enjoyed this month's series on one month to a better compliance program. As you know, I have focused on continuous improvement of your compliance program. This is one of the areas that I think is overlooked by many compliance practitioners. The Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission made clear in their 2012 FCPA guidance that a good compliance program should constantly evolve. And when you think about this, it should make logical sense because your business evolves. And as your company changes over time, as the environment in which you operate changes, as your customer base changes, as laws evolve, uh, your compliance program should evolve. Clearly, your third parties are going to evolve, both on the sales side of things and the supply chain side, so why shouldn't your compliance program evolve evolve as well? There are a number of areas that you can utilize for continuous improvement that you may not have considered, and we've talked about those really throughout this month. We've talked about continuous controls monitoring. We've talked about the compliance audit. We've talked about auditing third parties on both the sales side and on the supply chain side. We took a look at uh, auditing for uh, data risk breaches, and talked about cultural and fraud audits. We looked at different mechanisms by which you can engage in continuous improvement using big data, measuring effectiveness, 
thinking about tools that you already have in place, such as risk-based monitoring, and one of my favorites, the desktop risk assessment, but using it for continuous improvement. We considered some non-traditional methods that you may not have thought of, but are certainly applicable not only for a business process, but also from the compliance perspective. Email sweeps as continuous monitoring and for continuous improvement. Why not utilize a tool such as that? Also, have you considered the financial health of your third parties? I found this to be one of the most innovative and interesting ways for continuous improvement because it continually improves your entire supply chain if you're looking at it on that side. It also improves your entire business process. And finally, it's going to certainly improve your compliance program. We ended um, this month by looking at the well-used, well-known, and well-worn technique of listening. But listening in the context of the 21st century through social media. Why not use social media as both an outbound method of communication, meaning pushing out to your employees, but also an inbound method of listening. Uh, Town halls are the classic way to listen where the compliance practitioner or senior executive uh, would have a town hall for employees, but why not employ that same technique on a company-wide basis through your internal social media channels? Also, things such as updating your code of conduct and updating your policies and procedures is a continuous improvement or can be a continuous improvement. The board has a role in continuous improvement and each part of your organization can be a part of this going forward. The thing that I have discovered really in researching this month and I hope that I've communicated to you is that continuous improvement is what you're doing every day. You may not be calling it continuous improvement but it is certainly being embedded into your organization in a way that you're not considering as part of the requirements of Hallmark 9 of the 10 Hallmarks on Effective Compliance Program. Of course, the key is how you document this. And certainly, uh, you would expect me to say document, document, document is critical. But if you document what you've done and the government comes knocking, you've got a way to demonstrate continuous improvement. Continuous improvement requires that you engage in review your compliance program that is really beyond auditing, but monitoring to see whether your employees are staying with your compliance program. This is certainly brought forward in the 2017 Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, And the concept of ongoing monitoring is one that is um, certainly uh, well enshrined in the evaluation document. Ongoing monitoring can be a part of your continuous improvement cycle. It's certainly different than auditing, but it's a commitment to reviewing and detecting compliance variances in real time and then reacting to remediate them. A primary goal is to identify and address the gaps in your compliance program going forward. So what are some of the uh, specific uh, techniques and goals that we have talked about that I would like uh, you to consider going forward? Or put another way, 
What should you do with the information that you're able to obtain through the process of continuous monitoring? Well, I'd like to end with uh, four steps that I think that you can put in place are relatively straightforward and that you can utilize going forward. So here's the following. What is the strategic plan you have for your compliance program? So review the goals of your strategic compliance program plan and determine what it is you would like to measure against that plan. Obviously, if you don't measure something, you can't assess where it is on a particular point in the continuum. So by engaging in ongoing real-time monitoring, this allows you to have a much better sense of where your goals are. Next, design an execution plan. I really like the KISS method, which is keep it simple, sir. For each goal, there should be a simple and straightforward plan to ensure the goal in question is being addressed. Obviously, with the various types of continuous monitoring we've talked about throughout this month, it is um, one that you can utilize for a variety of different uh, tactics and techniques. Uh, financial health of third parties is a very interesting one for a variety of reasons on both the compliance and business side, but something as simple as uh, email sweeps and email monitoring and utilizing that information to loop back in to your system to determine if employees are really staying with your compliance program. Next, you should consider having accountabilities in place for executing going forward. And finally, scheduling a review of all of this on a regular basis. It's the function of a chief compliance officer to reinforce the visions and goals of a compliance program. So when you're assessing and updating uh, your compliance program, you need to consider all of these. If you follow the protocol that I've laid out, I think you can put in place a mechanism to demonstrate your company's commitment to compliance by following through its intentions and set forth in your strategic plan. Continuous improvement through continuous monitoring or all, any of the other techniques that I've laid out this month will help keep your compliance program abreast of any changes in your company's business models, which leads to new or different compliance risks, and allow growth based upon an updated best practices compliance program as specified, specified by the SEC and the DOJ. A compliance program is in many ways a continuous evolving organism, just as your company is. You need to find a way, or build a way, rather, to keep pace with the market and regulatory changes to have a truly effective compliance program. This was really made clear in the 2012 FCPA guidance, but it goes back to the U.S. sentencing guidelines. Finally, it was brought forward in the 2012, excuse me, 2017 DOJ evaluation of comp corporate compliance programs, and Wei Chen's comments have been that this document was really uh, requires, I think, a compliance officer and chief compliance officer and compliance practitioner to think, to think about their program and to think about how you can monitor your program so that you can continually improve it. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, your compliance program must be continually evolving. 
This has been true as far back as the 1992 U.S. Sentencing Guidelines brought forward by the Department of Justice and SEC, 2012, and again in 2017. Number two, there are a variety of tactics and tools that you can use. We I laid out many of those at the start of this podcast, from the culture, culture assessment to financial health assessments and everything in between. Finally, and number three, Never forget that the Department of Justice and SEC will give meaningful credit to companies that have put thoughtful efforts into creating a continually improving compliance program if a problem is later later discovered. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this one-month series on one month to more effective continuous improvement. In the month of September, I will be taking a look at innovation and compliance and some of the new and different innovative techniques that you can utilize into your compliance program. I'd also like to thank my sponsor for the month of August, Affiliated Monitors, Inc. I hope you will check them out. They have many tools that can be utilized in a uh, continuous improvement format. Uh, both uh, directly and indirectly, and I hope that uh, you will give them a shout and see what they can do to help you. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to More Effective Continuous Improvement in Your Compliance Program. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, please rate this podcast. It was a help in our rankings and also get the word out about the only daily podcast to help you improve your compliance program. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and you've been listening to one month of more effective continuous improvement from the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.